Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world. All alone, God takes your soul, you're on your own, a crow flies straight. Welcome to Lay in Sports Talk. Today is Sunday, July 13th. Before we get started, here are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564. Or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino. Or follow us on Twitter at Wayne Sports. Now here's your host, Brian Tarvin, and co-host Trey Patterson. Let's weigh in. Thank you, Michelle, and welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. Sunday is here, and we are just over a month away from the college football season. I know everybody out there is excited, including myself. Not too many more Saturdays without the joy of college football. And, you know, I have to admit, some days on the weekend, I'll actually sneak in there and, and watch an old replay of a game, an Auburn game, a, or whatever game, an old game, whatever I want to, just, just just to get my fix. So we're here. It's the middle of July. It's hot. So we know the 4th of July is over with. The SEC media kicks off tomorrow, SEC media days. That's always a sign that we're very, very close. About six weeks away, and I'm going to bring in my co-host, Trey Patterson, right now. Trey, I mean, about six weeks away, right? Yeah, man, it's starting to get close. I mean, we're already talking about, you know, previews and that kind of stuff, you know, media days, and that means we're getting there. Yeah, and also all the arrests we're going to talk about in a few minutes are happening. That's a sure sign. Football is very close away, dog days of summer. Trey, tonight we're going to cover, we're going to talk a little LeBron James. We've talked enough about him, but some free agency in the NBA. We'll touch on LeBron James, get your thoughts on that. Uh, We're going to preview LSU, Oklahoma, and Southern Cal. And we're going to talk some arrests in college football right now, and and, uh, I think one in college basketball. So, Trey, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. The call-in number is 646-716-5564. Join us in the chat room. Uh, Trey will be nice to you. He He won't. give you too hard of a time in there and just listen online have some fun welcome chris alderson in the chat room right now big longhorn fan people will start filling in shortly but trey it came the uh, what was it thursday lebron james was it thursday or when i think it was thursday lebron james announced that he was coming home to cleveland and i know it didn't shock you but give me your thoughts about this decision well, I mean, here's the thing. Whether you're a fan of LeBron James or not, you knew that he could have had um, basically whatever he wanted to stay in Miami, um, in that atmosphere, in the big market. Uh, and really, if you read his letter, I think I, I was pretty impressed by it. I mean, he could have held a grudge against Dan Gilbert for eternity, won you know more and more championships, uh, but choosing to go back, Forgive and forget, not for Dan Gilbert, 
but because of where he grew up, and that's where he, you know, he as a kid idolized that area. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's it means something to a lot of people, Darwin. But it does. I mean, it always feels good when you come back home and and do that. But like, I like the way he's matured, and he didn't make a big production about it. If you're a Cleveland fan, Trey, would you would you prefer him make a big production like he did when he left you to go to Miami? No, I mean, I, I think they were just so shocked. Uh, I was actually with a Cleveland fan when the news broke, and I can tell you that um, they were shocked, man. It was a it was a great. <clears throat> moment for Cleveland fans to, to, you know, be able to, to, you know, hear him say he's coming home and that's why he was doing it because of the love for the area. Um, they have been without a championship for a long time in the Cleveland area. And I think there's actually hope now, especially with the Kevin Love discussions, uh, that, that the city of Cleveland might actually be a champion at some point in the future. And you know what? In football, you could, you could tell how – how happy these fans were when Johnny Manziel signed. And we, you and I know Johnny Manziel's not all that great, but to them, for Johnny Manziel to come to Cleveland, even though he didn't have a choice, but he still came to Cleveland and gives them hope in football. Now when the Indians, you know, win again in baseball, it'll be another glorious day. But Cleveland, two superstars, Johnny Manziel and, and LeBron James in that city, I mean, that's that's a big deal for a, for a city like Cleveland, Trey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I remember the Cleveland Indians made the playoffs last year. So, in baseball, I mean, it doesn't look that way this year. But, I mean, this is a city with a lot of sports, uh, you know, a lot of reason in sports to have hope for your teams. Yeah, and looking at the free agency right now, Carlo Carmelo Anthony is going back to be a New York Knicks. Not a lot of surprise there. Uh, Melo you know, just trying to test the, the market to see where he is at. But when LeBron went back to Miami or to Cleveland, I knew Melo was going back to New York. Um, to fill the void, it looks like Miami got Luau Dang from Chicago to come down there. Parsons staying with the Rockets. But, but all of a sudden now we have Chris Bosh is the leader of the Miami Heat, really, uh, with his age and everything. I'd have to say that, Trey, that, that now Chris Bosh has a bigger role Anyway, Miami can can get up in a top four seeds in the East. I still don't think they can without LeBron. Well, I mean, in the East it's possible. And just to correct you, buddy, Chandler Parsons actually, the Rockets did not match his tender. So he's actually going to be a Dallas Maverick. Um, but I'm, I'm sorry. That's what, I, that's what I meant. I apologize. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Can heat with Luau Deng, uh, you know, Chris Bosh. We don't know what Wade's going to do. Make the Final Four in the East? Absolutely. you got to think about it. They have a young scorer, a rookie, who I think is going to be pretty exciting for them, and Shabazz Napier. So, I mean, they have some talent. I mean, this is the East we're talking about, Tarvin. This isn't the West. What is the deal with Lynn going going to the Lakers? I mean, how in the world is he going to make that team better? I mean, that's an odd trade that made me scratch my head. Well, the Rockets did it supposedly to um, basically sign Bosch and keep Chandler Parsons. And so when you see them not get Bosch and then you see them not match Chandler Parsons, I really got to ask, I mean, you know, the Rockets, what are you doing? Because, I mean, I thought that was the reason. I mean, so now they don't have Bosch, they don't have Chandler Parsons. Uh, they get Trevor Ariza. I mean, but is he really, I mean, uh, i got to tell you, the Rockets seem to be the big loser in all this whole shuffle. 
Yeah, I don't know what they're trying to do now. I mean, Parsons, to me, is a key to that team's success, and just to let him go without matching it after not getting Bosch, that's, that's very concerning to me. I mean, you're trying – the West is so stacked, Trey, that if you're not getting better, you're getting left behind, and, and that's exactly what – all of a sudden, Houston's going to probably drop to about an eight seed if they don't come up with something else. I'm sorry, Harden and Howard's not enough to compete in the West. Well, I mean, they're they're good. I mean, but Chandler Parsons is a big part of that success this year, and they couldn't get past, you know, um, basically the you know the Duncan and you know the lot of, the West out there. So, I mean, here's the thing, Torvin. I mean, they they haven't gotten better. I don't think. I mean, I don't think Ariza Ariza gets them gets them over the hump, Torvin. I think that's a step back. No, they, exactly, and. Wow, the, so the winners and losers of free agency will be determined. I mean, <laughs> Mello stand at New York, Trey. I, I, if I'm the Knicks, I want him gone. I don't. I don't know why they were so worried about Carmelo Anthony. The guy doesn't play a lick of defense. He's never won anywhere he's been. So why, why this this passion for Carmelo Anthony, Trey? If you're New York, well, he's a pure scorer. But I mean, here's the thing: um, it gives them hope that next year when they jettison Amari Stoudemire's contract and all these other contracts that they can bring someone to play with Mello, um, there's still, you know, you know, of course there's still a lot of rumor mill that, oh, LeBron James will opt out after a year and play with Mello in New York and this and that. I mean, it just gives them hope, Tarvin, that, that next year in free agency that they might have something to work with. But right now, Tarvin, they're pretty terrible still. Yeah, if you're LeBron, there's no way you could leave Cleveland again to go somewhere like a market like New York. You would be the biggest trader for sure. You know, the first time, okay, but you leave them again, Trey, and he hops to another team, that would look terrible for LeBron. But that wraps up our NBA discussion right now. We're going to move on to football. And, Trey, we've said it time and time again, the month of July, and how many times have we said it in this month, every show we've had, you have to cross your fingers. You have to close your eyes as a fan of a team. All the arrests coming out. and We're just halfway through the month of July, Trey. We're still six weeks away. Does it concern you the number of arrests and, and issues these players are having? Well, I mean, it does. But I don't think we're where we were last year when we had, you know, heck, even the kicker was getting a voting uh, under the influence last year for Georgia. It seemed last year we had more, but we're still early. I mean, this is the part where we've already had um, you know, Florida State, uh, the wide receiver getting arrested um, for, you know, stealing a scooter. I mean, what a dumb thing to do. We have, uh, you know, Auburn's problems with Mency, and then now you're starting quarterback and he's cited for marijuana. We, we, you and I have talk, you know, discussed uh, Alabama's arrest, um, now the, the DUI yesterday. I mean, so all the big programs right now are starting to feel it. Um you know, I haven't heard anything out of LSU, which is surprising. So we'll see what happens there, yeah. Arvin, But well I, ha- well, I have one. LSU had a player arrested for stealing a, a bicycle. It was like one oh, of those well, key weapon bicycles. Yep. <laughs> LSU. Yeah, Auburn, and, and and you said Marshall. He was cited uh, for a blunt, a little marijuana, nothing but a ticket there. But we'll talk about that. That's still concerning. Alabama, though, Trey, with their second arrest. This was actually arrest. Reed, I think he's a defensive tackle, JUCO, DUI, Florida State, you said the scooter. And another Georgia athlete, a basketball player, was was cited with a felony for, uh, like, transporting marijuana and everything. But 
what, what, I don't know how you get this under control, really, Trey. Every, every school has every, their policies in place, deterring things. But Nick Marshall, the quarterback of Auburn, sided with marijuana like we talked about. A kid that was kicked off of Georgia's team left, came to Auburn, and now this happens as a senior, Trey, a, a kid that's in the Heisman race. If you know, you hear his name out there, a team that could possibly win the SEC and a national champion. What's gotten into Nick Marshall, and if you're Gus Malzahn, what do you do over a citation? Well, I mean, here's the thing about Nick Marshall. I mean, this guy had some character issues coming into Auburn. I mean, he was lucky to really rebound uh, at a big school like Auburn. I mean, uh, for those who don't know, you know, this guy was, was basically kicked off the team from stealing from teammates. I mean, so, you know, big trust issues coming to a new team. Auburn gave this kid a second chance. If I'm all on, I'm more frustrated um, that he would do anything, you know, in any way to get himself on a radar, given how much you've put into him. And basically, I mean, this guy was a defensive back at Georgia, you know, no hope to really do anything. And Miles on kind of resurrects him as a person and as a college football player. I mean, if I'm all on, I'm just, you know, I'm just so frustrated with him. I think I suspend him. I mean, not, I'm not, I don't know what the policies are at Auburn right now, Tarvin, and maybe you do, but I suspend him out of the fact that I've put so much time and effort into resurrecting this kid uh, that i got to send a message to him and everybody else because you know he's got to be Malzahn's favorite. Yeah, and he is. And, and the policy at Auburn is your first failed drug test is you get more random drug tests and you get some kind of counseling. So they step in and try to get help. But, again, that's the first offense for a failed drug test. But, again, the coach can override anything, which, which I mean, he can make it harsher. So Auburn's policy is one thing, but Malzahn could say, you know, I've, I've had enough of this. Here's two-game suspension. I'm still interested to see the entire story. I'm sure he's saving anything he has for media days tomorrow to discuss it. Nick Marshall is scheduled to make an appearance at media day. I haven't heard whether he's going to make it or not. Trey, I'm from the school. Will you make him go to media days and you make him answer the questions from the media to stand up in front of people? That's going to be to see how he handles and reacts to it. I'm very intrigued by this. I know a lot of people say he doesn't deserve to go to media days, Trey, but looking at it, I think this would be perfect for him to have a chance to discuss this and apologize to everyone. Well, I mean, obviously, if you got him going to media days, I'm sure that the Auburn media PR folks are going to be dealing with him exclusively um, to make sure he comes off okay and then they have a certain statement that he's supposed to say. And so I'm out of the, the camp that you're going to really get much out of it other than a, sort of a canned response that's been talked about over and over again with the PR team. Um, but the real question is, Tarvin, is is do you, um, do you use the media days to basically – prop up a non-suspension. So I mean, I've seen coaches do that, where they, they call out their stars over media days, and that's almost like their punishment rather than actual punishment. So I mean, we'll see if that happens. I mean, I think if he actually attends media days, you're not going to see any kind of punishment. And I, I really don't think you're going to see a punishment for that. And you mentioned Mincy a couple of weeks ago. He was arrested, had some re- some residue on his shirt. He was charged with marijuana trade. So I'm wondering... I mean, how that's going to pan out. Why did why did Mincy get arrested and Nick Marshall did not? Well, I mean, different. I think different states for one, different officers and that kind of stuff. I mean, there are, there are um, 
it was not exactly the same punishment throughout the entire country uh, for having marijuana on you. So, um, you know, it just, it just determine them. A lot of times what the officer does, the reaction of the person. My advice, if you're smoking pot and you're driving down the road, throw your windows down so it kind of doesn't just fill up the car when the officer walks up to your car and you roll the window down, smoke gets all in his face. So maybe that's a good some good advice. Or maybe don't do it while you're on the road. Do it while you're at home. I'm not judging people, telling them what to do. Trey, I've told you a lot of people use it in college sports. And when I say a lot, I'm thinking at least 80% of these players do it. But with the ra- random drug test and everything, I don't know how that's going to work out this year. But I'm concerned as an Auburn fan that getting all these arrests and citations off a team that that just played for a national championship and came up second short of winning a national championship. That's what concerns me. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Gus takes the captain role, uh, the name away from Gus or Nick Marshall. That would be what I think would happen. But I just don't think you're going to see punishment coming down. I could be wrong. But, Trey, there's a lot more. We won't sit here all night and discuss arrests, but, you know, I look at Florida State, I look at Auburn, Alabama, and teams like this. It seems to me they're not hard enough on some of these kids. I know Georgia seems like they're too tough on on kids, but it just seems like those three schools are not very tough when it comes to discipline. Oh, yeah, I think they're all on the last side of college discipline. I mean, um, and I, I really do think it has, it's really, uh, you know, I think Jimbo takes a lot of cues from uh, from the Alabama program. I think Malzahn has to look up the street, too, and do the same thing. Um, so I just think all three of those guys really um, really, really don't do discipline as well. as I mean, for Mark Rick, man, he's kicked off more uh, AP All-Americans, it feels. I mean, some of you guys he kicks off is very, do very well at other programs. I mean, when last year there were two starting quarterbacks in the SEC that had been kicked off Georgia's team. Pretty impressive. Yeah, but let's go to the NFL real quick. Talk about punishment. The Ravens had their fifth arrest in the offseason. Jimmy Smith, the corner, Trey. I mean, Baltimore, it seems like year in and year out, they're in some kind of trouble all the time. Remember the last few years, how many arrests they had, Ray Rice and, and different ones. Tell us about the Baltimore Ravens, and are you concerned if you're a Ravens fan? Well, I mean, I think you have to be. I mean, obviously the NFL trying to change this image, and the Ravens really aren't, aren't helping them at all right now with the number of arrests. I think the big one that I'm still waiting on is Ray Rice. I mean, what happens with Ray Rice? I mean, that, that that one, to me, I'm waiting to see um, what the NFL does with him. Well, the NFL is, is looking at the DEA is eyeing the NFL pain pill abuse trade. Do you know anything about this story? I actually don't. That's the first time I've heard that one. Yeah, they're, they launched an investigation into potential painkiller abuse in the NFL. The New York Daily News reported it Saturday. Uh, federal authorities want to find out how NFL doctors and trainers access prescription painkillers and who distri- distributes them to players. So the investigation began shortly after a group of retired players filed a lawsuit. Remember the concussion and all that. So now they're looking into it, seeing really what they're giving these players. This this has my curiosity, Trey, because you know the way how physical that NFL is, how beat up you get. And these guys just keep getting up and getting up. So – do you think they're abusing it? Do you think these doctors are just writing prescriptions oh, everywhere? Just yeah, they're def- I think, yeah, they're definitely abusing it, no doubt about it. So how do you get a control of this? I mean, these doctors could lose their license. 
not just lose their job. I mean, they they could lose their practice license to be able to practice medicine. And wow, I'm I'm interested to see what do you think comes out of this. Well, I mean, you know, this is one of those things that you know if they're really going to look into it. And, I mean, then they're going to find stuff. And so, how far does it go? You know, how how close are these doctors really playing to the rules? I mean, are they are really off on their own? Are they you know, this all really, maybe some of these programs have it down right. They just prescribe a lot. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I, but it, has there really been anything we've seen in the NFL to make us think that they're not a little dirty? <laughs> I mean, this the NFL is so about money. It's it's insane. Trey, but I want to jump back to the NBA and, and just, you know, you said something about love going to Cleveland. Cleveland's GM came out and said they will not be getting rid of Wiggins. So by that statement right there, I just wanted to backtrack. Do you think they get love now? Do you think it's going to take Wiggins to get love? Well, with Golden State being another big team in this market, and they're not going to trade Clay Thompson, I really think that Minnesota is going to be forced to take the best deal possible. And who that is, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, if you have Golden State not offering Clay Thompson, you have Cleveland not offering Wiggins, then you know, and there's really not any other serious players out there right now for love. Um, what does Minnesota do? Do they let him walk, or do they trade him and get something out of it? So I still think it's a very good possibility. I mean, you could have Dion Waiters, for instance, go to the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I know Love is apparently interested. So, so I was going to go back to the NFL, jump right back before we get into college football. I didn't know if you knew the Pouncey brothers, Mike and Marquise, I think that's how you say those, were both involved in a bar altercation again, Trey. I mean – what is it about these guys, the involvement with Aaron Hernandez and now this? I mean, what is going on with these kids? Well, they've never been upstanding citizens. I mean, when it, they guys have always been involved in a lot of stuff. I mean, remember Pouncey was also in the the entire, you know, Richie Incognito investigation, and they uh, they see him all sweep that out under the rug and sign him to a multi-year deal after that. So, you know, these guys, they're good football players, and so, you know, <laughs> Everything else is kind of slipped under the rug. Good point. You're listening to Way In Sports Talk live on blogtalkradio.com. Now we're going to get into our college football segment. And tonight, three great teams in people's eyes, and maybe not great, good teams. Oklahoma, we're going to start off with. We're going to move to LSU second and then Southern Cal third. We usually do two teams, but tonight we're going to do three. Um, a lot of trade college football so close and and this team, well, the first team we're going to discuss in the sporting news is projected to be number one, the Oklahoma Sooners. A lot of people have them in the college playoff coming out of the Big 12 Conference. And, Trey, I'm not buying them. And it's not just because, you know, they're overhyped, I think. I look back at last year's games with Oklahoma, the 41-12 to loss to Baylor, the 16-point loss to a terrible Texas team, and, yeah, they did beat Oklahoma State at the end of the season. They did go on the road to Kansas State and win. They did beat Alabama. But, Trey, I'm not ready to say that Oklahoma has made that step to make sure they're in the final four of college football. Just just your thoughts real quick on Oklahoma before we start looking in depth at them. Yeah, I'm not ready to put them into the final four as well. Um, I, I think they're going to have a tough time losing. I'll put it that way. I mean, their schedule is pretty, pretty open uh, for them to run it. Uh, they're going to be favored in every single game this year. They already are so far in early in early lines. But, I mean, you look at this schedule, and, and there's not a lot of tough games on the road, Tarvin. 
Yeah, I mean, this is a team, uh, the quarterback position. This guy came out of nowhere. Trevor Knight is a sophomore now. There is such thing as a sophomore slump, Trey, but having a month to prepare against an Alabama team that some people say, you know, Alabama didn't want to be there after the Auburn loss. Well, I mean, whatever. Bottom line is Oklahoma, this kid came out and, and did a great job for Oklahoma. The nine defensive starters back on this team, five offensive starters, Trey. They have a left guard in the center they're replacing. Looking at this roster, do they have what it takes to compete and win the Big 12? I mean, I know the schedule's not tough in your eyes, but there's some trap games in there that I think could get these guys. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't see a lot of trap games in the schedule, so I guess let's, let's get into it, Tarvin. Um, let's I'm get into it. 2-0, buddy. I'm, I'm just saying 2-0, Louisiana Tech at home, uh, and then at Tulsa is not going to be an issue. Tulsa is basically a home game as well. Uh, so I got them 2-0, uh, coming home to play Tennessee, buddy. See, the 2-0 playing Tennessee is I'm, – I'm with you. This game is very interesting. A Tennessee team that lost really their offensive line and defensive line, they did recruit very well. But this is too early in the season for Tennessee to go into Norman, I think, and, and pull off a victory there. It's going to be a close game, Trey, but I have Oklahoma barely getting by this one. I think it'll be – a 10-point game. It'll be close till late. I don't think Tennessee has the manpower, the firepower yet, or the depth. Give them after this year, and I think Tennessee's going to be back. Yeah, and here's the thing, man. You look at Tennessee's schedule, and I know Utah State and Arkansas State aren't great, but they're good powder puff type. I mean, like, these are good small market teams. Uh, Utah State plays tough defensively. And then Arkansas State's kind of tricky on offense. So, you know, I think mm-hmm. Tennessee's not – they're going to have to plan for these two teams where Oklahoma really has the talent to kind of cruise through Tulsa and Louisiana Tech. So, I'll be honest, I don't think Tennessee – I mean, they'll fight just like they always do. They're well coached. Uh, but I just think they're not ready to compete with Oklahoma at home. So, I have Oklahoma winning this game by about 10. Yeah, that's, that sounds like the number to me. Would it surprise you if Tennessee comes in and wins? I mean, this Tennessee oh, team yeah. is well-coached. Yeah, it would shock me because, I mean, Tennessee, like I said, they, they play a really tough schedule again. Um, and to come off those two teams um, and then to go into Norman uh, with all the buzz in Oklahoma, I would be shocked. Yeah, uh, it would be a, a huge win. All right, well, that takes you to August 20th at West Virginia, Morgantown, Trey. September game early. I don't know how good West Virginia is really going to be, but, I mean, anytime you go on the road, I mean, it's tough. What do you think about this one? Yeah, I remember West Virginia played Oklahoma really tough early last year. Um, Clinton Trinkant, the former Florida State quarterback, is going to be the starter this year, it looks like. I, I think they're going to be improved from last year, so I think they play them again pretty tough because I think Tennessee is going to be, even if that game gets away from Tennessee, is going to be at least a tough physical game for Oklahoma. And so I think West Virginia plays them real close. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a close game. I'm not ready to to give them a loss yet, Trey. Mm-hmm. So I have them 4-0 and right now heading into October, and that goes to TCU October 4th. Trey, I look at I look at TCU. I just don't think they have enough offense, really. They lost a ton of starters. And even yeah. this game's at home, it means it's close early, but I don't think TCU has the gun power, the firepower, really, to beat Oklahoma. No, I don't I don't think TCU is anywhere near where they need to be. I mean, they've really seemed to be falling off 
uh, at the wrong time for Gary Patterson. I think that's an easy win on the road uh, for Oklahoma. Well, you know what that means. After this game, the uh, the neutral site, October 11th against Texas, and you know there's a bad taste in Oklahoma's mouth after that tail kicking they took at the hands of Texas. Charlie Strong's first year in Texas, Trey, what do you think? Yeah, I just don't see Texas winning two in a row. Um, this game is going to be close. They kind of, I mean, Texas kind of surprises folks sometimes in this game. But I think Oklahoma is going to be in a mission at this point. I think they're going to destroy Texas. Uh, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> I'm going to pick Texas in this game right here. Charlie Strong comes in. I don't think Texas is going to be great this year, but I think there's something going on mentally in this game right here. Charlie Strong is going to come in and knock off Oklahoma and give them their first loss of the season. You heard it here first. <clears throat> wow. All right. So I got them undefeated going against Kansas State, uh, home game for Oklahoma. Uh, I don't think Kansas State is going to win in, in Norman. So I got Kansas State losing as well. I still have Oklahoma undefeated rolling into their second bye. Yeah, I think if this game was a Manhattan, it'd be better. But I think Auburn's going to take all the fight out of Kansas State, Trey. I'm with you, Oklahoma, in this one. Heading into November. Not a, not too tough of a stretch in November, by the way. No. I think I think Jack Trice Stadium is going to be interesting for Oklahoma. They have a bye week before, which really helps them. Um, I think Iowa State is one of those teams that seems to shock somebody every year. If this wasn't a bye week before at Tarvin, I'd be wanting to pull the trigger. But I think uh, if it was a Thursday night game, too, I'd like it a little better, too. But uh, Iowa State will not be Oklahoma. They'll play close in it for a half, but then they'll lose. Well, Iowa State has a lot of returning starters on offense, only five on defense, but the quarterback's new. Putting a sophomore in this game like this, and you're right, the bye week is what I looked at. I like Oklahoma in this one, which takes us to another revenge game November 8th. Oklahoma will be hosting Baylor, and after that 30-point loss against Baylor last year, how does Oklahoma uh, respond? I mean, can Baylor come in and knock these guys off? Oh, yeah, I think they totally can. Uh, Here's my prediction, and and, uh, this is terribly inaccurate of me, Tarvin, but I think Oklahoma's going to lose one game this year, and it's going to come in the next four games in their schedule, whether it's Baylor at Texas Tech or Oklahoma State. I'm going to pull the trigger against Baylor here. I'm going to say the loss comes November 8th to Baylor. Uh, but I don't see Oklahoma going undefeated, and I don't like these last four games, how they're situated for Oklahoma. So I'm going to say Baylor comes in with a proven quarterback and knocks off undefeated Oklahoma at home in November. Yeah, I mean, Baylor can score points, and they can score a ton of them. I don't think being on the road's really going to – matter. I'm going to say Oklahoma finishes 10-2, and two, Trey, and even with one loss, I don't think they have enough. They don't have a conference championship game to really boost it up. They don't play any cream puffs on their schedule, so to speak, but if you look at this schedule, I mean, it's, it's very favorable. So even one loss in this, I think, would keep an Oklahoma team out. And you mentioned this, Trey, a couple of shows ago about a team in the Big 12 could get left out just because of that reason. So a one- or a two-loss Oklahoma trade team will not make the playoff. Agree? Oh, I think there's a huge chance that happens, absolutely, because of the schedule. Uh, and it's going to matter when, who they lose to. For instance, um, if they lost on the road to Texas Tech next to the week after Baylor and Texas Tech is, say, a 7-5 and five team, I think that completely takes them out. Um, losing against an undefeated Baylor team or something like that, 
I mean, that's going to take him out either way because Baylor would be the team that gets in. So I really do think a one-loss Oklahoma team might get left out just because I think you're going to have Baylor who's going to be in the running as well. And I think they're not going to let, you know, if one of these teams happen to get in with a one-loss, the other one has no shot. And so, you know, it's going to matter. So, Tarman, I just have a tough time finding a Big 12 team with the week schedules getting in. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Right now, you we have between we'll just say a fair one or two loss Oklahoma team, not as not as high as as a lot of experts have them, and and that two losses trade one or two losses is not because they're a great team; it's because of that schedule, really. So, we're gonna move over to the SEC and a team that's always in the top five. It seems like preseason this year they're not. It's not surprising. The SEC West is loaded. And and you have an LSU team that just seems like this is a year where they're going to have to kind of rebuild trade uh, to to find out who they are again before next year. I think LSU will be very good next year, but this year losing their quarterback Zach Mettenberger, they lost their running backs trade. This LSU team lost more than people think. I think they have six and six, six returning offense, six returning defense. They lose their special teams. What do you think about the LSU Tigers? Well, I mean, this is a team that. They're really I'm confused on right now who they're going to be this year. They could be ten and three like they were last year, or they could be eleven and two, and, and us be talking about them may you know getting near the cusp of, of that Final Four. I mean that that's LSU. I mean they have the talent to replace them, but you know because they're in the West, and it's not just because they're in the West, Tarvin. I mean they play Wisconsin this year. They're at Florida, and if Florida's an improved team, that's a huge game. Uh, you know and. And they're at Texas A&M at the end of the year. I think the Aggies are going to be a different team at the end of the year than they are at the beginning of the year because of that freshman quarterback. So I just think LSU has a really tough road ahead, man. So I think if they can get through it early and um, put some wins together, I mean, who knows what, what they could do because that Wisconsin game is going to really show us a lot about LSU. Yeah, and, and it seems to me LSU shows up in games like this. Week one, Wisconsin in Dallas, neutral site. It seems to me LSU's been in these games before and they know how to play, but what concerns me is the, the loss of the running back, the quarterback. They're, they're replacing their whole defensive front. They lost a lot, Trey, and I think this first game, that's not a recipe you want to take and play a team like Wisconsin. They need to flip Sam Houston State that second week with Wisconsin right here just to kind of get a feel for what you have. For that reason, I like Wisconsin coming in week one and knocking off LSU. And I think LSU will get better as the year goes on, but early they're going to struggle, Trey. I like Wisconsin in the upset. Yeah, I really can't say it much better. I mean, I really think LSU by the end of the year is going to be a, a tremendously improved team and be very, very dangerous. But right off the bat, if you look at last year, they really struggled with a very mediocre TCU team at the very beginning of the season. And it was for the same reasons you're talking about. And they had Zach Mettenberger at the end and they only pulled away a 10-point victory against a very, very average TCU team. And so I think they're going to struggle this year as well. They're not going to be able to score the points against Wisconsin, like the 37 they put up against TCU. And I think Wisconsin's going to get them. It's going to be close, but they're going to get them. Yeah, Wisconsin. I mean, the quarterback, Anthony Jennings, is a sophomore. He's going to be good, I think, and, and working with the coordinator they have. But we both agree, and this is a big game. I mean, this is a big upset in people's mind. But 
I think Wisconsin's more stable right now, and I think they get her done. Week two, we don't care, Trey, Sam Houston State. Week three, Louisiana Monroe. LSU's two and one before they play their first SEC game at home against Mississippi State. Give us your thoughts on this one. Yeah, I mean, Mississippi State is generally, they usually get to run off about six or seven victories before they play anybody. And they usually start talking about how great they are and they're going to be the next great thing, and then they just lose, just destroy at the end of the year. Well, this year they have LSU number four. And so they have a shot to be 3-0 and coming into this game because they're a weak schedule, Southern Miss, UAB, South Alabama, which shocks me they even have a football team. Uh, and then you come into <laughs> LSU, Tarvin. This is Zach Prescott, Heisman talk. It's all going to end here, buddy. I think LSU creams Mississippi State. Yeah, Mississippi State doesn't seem like a team that's going to go on the road in Baton Rouge. When's the last time you remember Mississippi State beating LSU in Baton Rouge? <laughs> When's the last time you, you, you remember Mississippi State winning a big yeah. football game? Exactly, and that's why I'm saying LSU, like you said, rolls in this one. New Mexico State, we won't even talk about that one, but October is not going to be easy for LSU. So we have, they have no. one loss right now coming in, and now they get to go to Auburn. And, and, Trey, that's not going to be an easy one. I mean, Auburn at home, LSU usually doesn't do well in Auburn. Auburn usually wins there. LSU usually wins in Baton Rouge. Give us your thoughts on this one. You know, this, like I said, this LSU team has really got me sort of doubting myself. I think they're going to win a big road game this year. they got three big, big opponents on the road. They have Auburn, Florida, and then, of course, they have the Aggies, which I talked about earlier at the end of the season. They're going to win one of those road games, and I know probably, oh, of course it's going to be Florida. They're down. I'm not so sure. Uh, I'm not going to pull the trigger on Auburn. They're too good right now. They'll lose at home, I think, right now. Uh, but I think this is going to be a very tight game for them. Well, the early line on this one is Auburn is a seven-point favorite over LSU, which tells me that Auburn's a much better football team than LSU because usually that line is three or two Auburn's favorite if they are ever favored over LSU. So that's a pretty big line. I like Auburn in this one, too. I just think it's too much offense for an inexperienced defense. And honestly, I don't think LSU has the firepower on offense to be able to keep up with the fast pace. Gus Malzahn has LSU's number. LSU beat them last year, though, of wet second half, three turn or first half turnovers. They got up 21 to nothing on Auburn before Auburn dominated the last two and a half quarters of that game. So it's going to be interesting to see who comes out of this one. I don't think it means who wins the SEC West because there's still a lot of football left to play. But they turn around after going to Auburn, Trey, October 11th, and they go to Florida. Like you said, that's not going to be a pushover. Anytime you go to the swamp, it's tough. What do you think? Yeah, right now, you know, I'm going to pull the trigger and say Florida beats them. You know, this is going to be one of those ones we'll have to see which, how both these teams are looking. I just think Florida's going to be a lot better than people think they are this year. I really do. Uh, so I think Florida and the swamp – and it really, I think it's because the the week before, LSU is just going to be in a dogfight the before Florida. They're going to have a little bit more time to prepare for them. Man, I'm, I'm going to go with Florida in the swamp and give LSU their third loss. Yeah, I'm going to do it with you, Trey. And I think, too, you know, the mindset of LSU with two losses going into this game, I mean, this is not familiar territory usually for an LSU team this early in the season. A brutal schedule so far, really, in ways. You just picked a bad team to play to start with. Auburn gets you. Florida's going to get them, Trey. I'm I'm with you on this. 
I think Driscoll's going to be a lot better. Florida's going to be improved. They're not the same five-win team we're talking about last year. This team's going to play good. They're going to be ready for LSU. So we both agree on this one. And the 18th, Kentucky, no way they go into LSU and now and beat, and beat LSU. So October 25th, this is interesting right here, Trey. It's in Baton Rouge on my birthday. Ole Miss comes into town. What do you think, man? Yeah, here's another team that I'm not buying just yet. I mean, I know a lot of people want to put Ole Miss up there. Uh, we'll see. I mean, we will see. They're, they're, I don't. I know they got them last year, Tarvin. I know Ole Miss beat LSU last year. That wasn't on the road. I don't. I don't see them going into Tiger Stadium yet and, and winning. Uh, I have LSU. I have. I have LSU as well. Ole Miss beat them last year in Oxford. It was a very weird game. I mean, it's just. A weird thing. I just don't see them going into Baton Rouge and ever beating LSU. Ole Miss is not a road team, by the way. They're not going to go on the road and beat anybody. They showed that last year against Alabama and Auburn. They got derailed. So that takes us to November, Trey. What a way to start out your November. You're hosting Alabama. I mean, you have three losses right now. What does this say? Does Alabama get the win or does LSU? Well, here's the thing. I I think – LSU is going to be very different at home on the road this year. I think they're going to be a very, very tough team at home like they always are. But I think on the road, they're going to play schizophrenic at times. I think they're going to come to this game. Of course, they have a bye week. It seems like every year um, both Alabama and LSU have their bye right before each other, just ho-hum. So here it is, LSU with a bye. Of course, Alabama has the bye the week before, too. Um, so they both have their bye going in. They're both going to have plenty of time to prep this game. Man, i tell you what, I'm going to pull the trigger right down and upset. I think LSU upsets the Crimson Tide. Trey, I'm going to be with you on that. Uh, wow. LSU, that's, that's going to be a night game. And, and it's just Alabama, after that game last year, they it was very close until the end. Alabama pulled away in the year before. Do you remember when Alabama, with that pass to Yeldon, got a big play mm-hmm. in the last minute of the game and won that one. I think LSU comes in. They always play them tough. I think by then the quarterback's going to be settled in. The offensive line's going to be good, and that inexperienced defensive line's going to grow up. So after three losses, you're humbled. You're ready to come in. You get a big win against Alabama, which, you know, looking at, at Arkansas, I mean, are you going to go ahead and call that an upset, or you want me to skip that one? No, no, I don't have Arkansas being very good this year, so – Okay. I'll, I'll mark it so up. you're eight and three. You're eight and three right now, heading into Texas A&M. So I mean, all of a sudden you, you're about three and three or four and three. You have a chance to end the season nine and three, and get into a very respectable bowl game in the SEC. So you're at Texas A&M. Give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think A&M is going to get beat at home. I think this is the one team in the SEC who I haven't seen with a real, um, you know. Their home field advantage doesn't seem to be as – I know the 12th man, they, they, they ballyhoo all that. Uh, but they, they're beatable at home. They've been beatable at home in the SEC. They've been beatable at home in the Big 12. So I, I think they're they're beatable still. So I think as young as they are still, Tarvin, I think the LSU on a roll goes in and beats them. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And, and, to, and just to recap, I mean, LSU's a three- or four-loss team. They Next year is going to be a year you better watch out for LSU. But this year, I don't think they have what it takes to be consistent and win the SDC West. It takes a lot to win that. You can be great and still not win the West. So eight and four, nine and three, 
I mean, that's respectable, Trey, coming off what they're having to do, what they're rebuilding. Don't you agree? I mean, that's a very good season. Yeah, I think I, I have a 9-3. I, think I can see four losses as well. Um, but absolutely, with that schedule, I mean, there's a, a lot of big teams on the road. And I'll tell you, that Wisconsin game is going to be huge. That could be a big momentum shift for the season for either one of these teams. And, if, and, and eventually we're going to preview Wisconsin, Trey, and after Wisconsin, if they can beat LSU, you look at that schedule, Wisconsin could run the table. That's how weak their schedule is. Yeah, that yeah, it is. All right, well, that's not good news for both Oklahoma and LSU. Let's see if the Southern Cal Trojans have any better luck, Trey. A team that Sarkeesian, to me, I just think he's a pretty boy kind of coach. He's coming in to take Southern Cal. Peterson left Boise to take his place at Washington. Do you think USC hired the wrong coach, Trey? I'm not sure they hired the wrong coach. I think I, I think we'll see. I think it's a better move for them than where they were. I mean, so that's, it's, a, it's a step in the right direction. Um, whether Sarkeesian is going to be the guy who's going to be there in five or six years, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just not sold on him long term yet, but he could be. I mean, he's not a bad coach. Yeah, well, we're looking at a team right here that's returning Cody Kessler. Uh, he's a junior, not a bad quarterback. He's He's played a lot. He's getting some experience. But I look at the offensive line of this team. They're missing the right guard and the right tackle. They're playing a freshman and a sophomore. That's not very good, Trey. And the running back lost their running back. They've lost a receiver. I mean, this team doesn't look like a team that that's ready to make a push just yet. Remember, Trey, they're still to that 75 scholarship limit due to the probation. So let's jump right in that schedule right now. Fresno State. August 30th, a team that they played in a bowl game and just destroyed them. How do you think Fresno State responds to that coming to the Coliseum playing week one? <laughs> yeah, Fresno State, it, I mean, Kessler is going to look real good at times this year, and he's going to look real good week one, and they're going to they're gonna roll Fresno State. Well, right out of the gate, man, you get warmed up with Fresno State, you're going to Stanford September 4th, and is Stanford going to have the team to be able to beat Southern Cal? Even though that game's in Palo Alto, I believe. Here's the thing, man. Stanford will. I got Stanford beating USC. USC is just not there yet. Stanford still has a ground and pound kind of game. Uh, they still have Hogan, the quarterback, who who I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of, but he's consistent. They're going to run new. They're going to run running backs all day up the middle. Uh, they're going to physically beat USC into the ground, and Stanford will win. I think it will be close, 28 to 20, 28 to 21, something like that. Yeah, I think you're about, I think it will be a little less scoring than that, but it will be close. Stanford gets the win early in the season, and uh, that's a big game this early in the season to have a game with that much magnitude on it. So that takes us to Boston College. I don't think they're going to have any problems there, do you? I, I do. I, I say I think this is a super trap game for them. Coming off a, a tough loss against Stanford, you're at a conference uh, on the road. Boston College, not great, um, but I just think Boston College is going to give them fits, Tarwin. If you remember, Boston, this is the game they put, they played Boston College. Um, not they didn't play Boston but, College last year. Sorry, um, it was about three years ago, wasn't it? Two it was about three years, years ago, ago, I think. Did. Yeah, they got real. Yeah. So I just think um, no, they did play Boston College last year. They lost thirty-five to seven. Sorry, um, but this is a team that, that at times in their history has given USC fits. Uh, they're they're still pretty terrible. They were seven and six last year. I think they're going to play them close. I really do. 
Yeah, Boston College is a team that I think they're well coached, but they had Florida State on their heels for the entire game last year when that yeah. game was in Boston College. So don't be surprised. I'm not ready to to pick them to to beat them, but I'm going to say USC in this one. That puts them two and one. So so you're saying it's going to be close. You're not. Are you picking Boston College? Or are you saying it's going to be? No, close? no, I, I'm not. I'm not picking an upset. They lost their running back. I mean, this is a team that's still building. Boston College is probably going to beat somebody they shouldn't this year. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat USC. I really wouldn't. But I'm not going to pull the trigger. All right. That takes us to September 27th. After the bye week, they host Oregon State, which this is a dangerous game as well. Oregon State's not a bad football team, Trey. They always come to play. They're well coached. Yeah, and just remember, Sean Mannion, the senior quarterback for, for Oregon State, just won the you know, Peyton Manning Passing Academy, which is hard to do. I mean, that basically says you're the most pro-ready quarterback who comes through Peyton Manning's academy. Um, and they're saying that he was so far ahead of everybody else, it was ridiculous. So Oregon State is going to look pretty darn good at times this year. And I, I, oh. You know what, Tarvin, I'm going to go it's ahead and Oregon State is going to beat USC. <laughs> Well, that's a that's a big big prediction right there. But I'm with you, man. Oregon State's returning a lot offensively and defensively. Not a bad team. I still think the depth issue. That game gets in the fourth quarter. I think Oregon State has a chance. Trey, I'm with you. I have Oregon State knocking these guys off. So that's their second loss this season. Both of us are in agreement with that. That takes us to October, and this October schedule is not easy. Five games in October, and they started off hosting Arizona State. Not easy, right? Not easy. Arizona State doesn't play that great on the road, so I'm going to give it to USC. But the, there's some games in here that are trap games, especially this Arizona game coming up next. Yeah, I'm with you. They they beat Arizona State, but Trey, the, going to Arizona the next week, I've seen Arizona play on the road. And I've seen them play at home. They're night and day difference. And this game yeah, is in Arizona, and I'm going with Arizona in the upset, Trey. Yeah, I, I want to say that I'm with you. I really do. Um, Arizona, you're right. They are so schizophrenic. They lost a seven on the road against USC last year, and they had a bye week right before it. Um, I think they got them. I, I do. I'm going to go and pull the trigger too. USC third loss. Yep, that's their third loss, and now they play Colorado in Southern Cal. We won't even talk about that one, Trey. Do you agree? No. Yeah, I got I got them winning the next three, and I know the two of them are on the road against Utah and Washington State, but I think they're gonna um, they're gonna pull those two out. They'll be close, but they're gonna pull them out. Yeah, I think Utah they're gonna pull out, but I think Washington State. Mm, man, that I want to pull the trigger, but I'm not ready just yet. But no, I'm gonna go ahead and do it. I'm gonna pick Washington State in that Whoa. game. Train. Washington <laughs> like State. With their upset, I mean, this team's not bad defensively. People think they're getting better under the mad scientists on offense. Washington State pulls it. What is that, their fourth loss I have them? And yeah, you get them at four. No, that's three. I think I have Stanford, uh, Arizona, and now Oregon Washington State. State. That's their third. Did I pick Oregon? Oh, yeah, I did that's... pick Oregon State, didn't I? Yeah, you picked Oregon State, too. Okay. All right. So you California. Yep, California right now. At home, I think Southern Cal trade gets this done. The rival at home, I don't think Cal's there yet. No, no, man. Cal's so far away. Uh, but next week, Carvin, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, UCLA is on a, actually a different playing field right now than USC. It'll be close. It's a, it's a rivalry game. 
but I think USC, I got them, this is their fourth loss in my book. Yeah, this is their fifth loss in my book. UCLA at home, just too much. The quarterback, I mean, just everything UCLA. I like the coach, Mora. So there's five and four. Now, this is a this could be a six and six USC team or, or a five loss team if they lose to Notre Dame the last game of the season. This game's at home in Southern Cal. To me, that's the difference. And I think at this point, USC, with, I have them at four, you have them at five losses. This is going to be their season to beat Notre Dame. So I have them beating Notre Dame at home. Uh, I have them with four losses for the season, which has to be a huge sucker punch in the gut for them this year. Yeah, I have them over Notre Dame finishing 7-5. and five. And it makes you start wondering, you know, should Ed Orgeron have been the coach? What happened? But this is a tough schedule Southern Cal has. I mean, it's very tough. Some tricky road games in there. And Washington State, teams like that, Arizona, I just think they're they're good enough to get teams like Southern Cal. Remember, this is not the Southern Cal team of old. This is the Southern Cal team that's been trying to rebuild for years. Well, Trey, that takes us through our college preview for the night. Three big teams. I mean, it looks like three disappointing seasons right here we talked about tonight. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, I got LSU with three losses, you know, USC with four, and then I had Oklahoma with one. So, yeah, those have to be a little – we'll be willing to bet, Tarvin, that, that you and I have them with extra losses that a lot of people don't have them having this year. So we had a lot of these predictions last year, Tarvin. i, I got to go with us. I know. I mean, we, we have done a good job in the preseason. And, and even though, you know, even during the week, sometimes we, we change our pick up to game time and it, it just happens that way. But if you go back and listen to the archives last year's preseason – I think we did very well. I mean, I even had Auburn winning nine games last year. I didn't have them winning 12 like they did, but I had them <laughs> nine. And and I, I know you didn't have Florida State winning a championship going undefeated, but you weren't far off. I think you had them losing one or two at the most. So we're not. Yeah, I think I had you one. Know, when I had Georgia, you know, doing what they did last year. I had LSU doing what they did, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. So especially in the SEC, I do a lot better. But, Trey, before we go tonight, is there anything, anything you want to talk about? Well, Carvin, there is one thing I have to mention. We don't talk about a lot of baseball on this show, but this just strikes me as something that needs to be talked about. Uh, Madison Bumgarner, the starting pitcher who will be, I think, be in the All-Star game, has two grand slams this year, two. He has three home runs. He's a pitcher. <laughs> Derek Jeter has one grand slam his entire career. <laughs> I think Prince Fielder only has one. I mean, the fact that you have a pitcher with two grand slams in a single season and they're Hall of Famers who have won in their career just strikes me as one of the more – I mean, baseball has, you know, is, always has bizarre stats. But that one right there just – oh, man, I couldn't believe it when I saw that stat. Well, here's the deal, Trey. Do you intentionally walk him with the bases loaded from now on? <laughs> I think he gets the Barry Barnes treatment. I mean, I think – Here's also, if you're in the playoffs, Tarvin, do you let Madison Baumgartner pitch hit? That's a, especially with the bases loaded. Why not? I mean, <laughs> you, you, want, you, want, you want to play the odds and and uh, and win, but that's I didn't know that. That's baseball trade has been overshadowed this year with the NBA and this World Cup. Have you noticed that nobody's talking about Major League Baseball? Yeah, it has been overshadowed, and it kind of ha- you're right. World Cup kind of happened with it. Uh, but, I mean, there's a, this has been a good baseball season. And if you haven't been paying attention, 
Look, I can't wait for college football and NFL as well, but like baseball this year has been very, very good. It'll it'll keep it'll keep you moving along until we get to to August and September. Do you miss the steroids in baseball when everybody's jacking them out, or do you like it like now? No, I, I love it. I miss it. I mean, as in, um, no, actually, I can't even make up an argument to say I missed it. I was going to try to play devil's advocate with you and say I missed it and we should have steroids back, but I don't. I think <laughs> baseball is a much funner sport uh, when you have excitement. I mean, it, the steroid era, I mean, you knew that almost every game was going to have like a seven to eight run. You know, everybody was going to hit home runs and runs are going to be all over the place. I, I like it now, man. There, it really does matter when you have good pitching and your strategy. Again, baseball is back to being baseball. Well, Trey, Germany one to nothing over Argentina to win the World Cup. Give me everything you know about what happened today in the World Cup. I think you just told me everything I knew. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I knew you were going. I knew you were going to say that. That's everything I know. <laughs> I, I was hoping Big E would call in and and tell us about why he thought of the World Cup today, but uh, obviously he wouldn't do that. So yeah, the World <laughs> Cup is over finally. LeBron James is home in Cleveland. Now it's time to get on to the real sports, man. I mean, it's been fun and everything, but it's football's almost here. And one thing we're going to start doing very soon, Trey probably in the next few weeks to start our NFL preview. And that, I love doing that, talking about yeah. who's going to win. If you look at our predictions last year, we did pretty good. We didn't do so bad, man. I had, in fact, I mean, preseason, I had Seattle and Denver. And the, I mean, so last year I nailed it, man. Uh, I tapped myself on the back. I I, uh, uh, I nailed my preseason last year, Tarvin. I've had a lot of Facebook comments about how I better put up or shut up this year. So, I've been doing my research, man, trying trying to be a two-time predicting champion on the, the preseason stuff. It's hard, man. You, you get, I don't know yeah. if it was luck. We'll see. Well, I was close. I had Denver and San Francisco, and, and you know, I may not even change that. But you, you may just put the same Super Bowl in, Trey. You'd probably have better odds if you would just pick the same two. Well, here, here's one thing I can promise you. I will not have the same teams in the Super Bowl. No, I won't either. I mean, it's going to be interesting this year. A lot of moves going on, a lot of – and one question before we go, Trey, will Cam Newton play this year? Will he be effective? He'll play. Whether he's effective or not, I, I'm I'm a little concerned for Carolina. Uh, last year, um, you know, postseason, uh, a team that really looked like they were on the move. I, this year, I mean, I'm really worried about that team taking a step back. I think the Falcons are going to be better. Um, you know, they're Arizona, St. Louis. There are a lot of teams that improved, and I'm just worried about you know Carolina how far they can how far they can go. So it'll be interesting. I think that uh, for that you know, for that reason alone, uh, we're going to see a totally different NFC because a lot of these teams are moving around. And if I had to make a prediction for Carolina today, Trey, I would say seven to nine, eight and eight, somewhere around in there. And I just don't see how they can repeat what they did last year with losing their entire wide receivers and, and just Cam Newton's health is a concern. And like you said, the Saints are going to be better than the Falcons. So it's going to be very difficult playing four-year games or against teams like that that you're probably going to be an underdog in all four of them. Just not a good sign for Carolina right now. But we'll be live Wednesday night to do our college football preview. So make sure you're joining us at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Trey? It's been fun, man. Have a great week, and we'll see you Wednesday. See you, buddy.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.